The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. What's up, Dave? This is a real basic one for you. You're starting your own wrestling company. You okay. get to pick one of these two people to have on your roster and be your inaugural champion, the other one you don't get to have on your roster at all. Do you want MJF or John Moxley? John Moxley, easily. Easily, really? easily, easily, yeah. Yeah, uh, Strictly because, um, you know, John Moxley is uh, not MJF. <laughs> no, no offense to him. I love MJF. Obviously, if anybody's listened to uh, here, uh, knows I'm a big fan of his, but man, like if I'm, if I'm starting a company. It's like, it's like if a basketball question. It's like, yo, would you rather have Giannis Antetokounmpo or uh, uh, Anthony Paolo, Edwards? Paolo, Paolo, Anthony Edwards, right? As much as I love Anthony Edwards, as much as I believe in his potential, if I'm starting a company, I'm gonna need somebody proven, and Mox is proven. Mox is Giannis to MJF's Anthony Edwards. I, I believe all in all hell of his, uh, you know, potential in his future. But I got I got tickets to sell. Man. Here's the thing. Ma- maybe Ant- <laughs> I said Anthony Edwards. Maybe Anthony Edwards isn't the right comp. The right, the right comp is is Shea. Is Shea Gilders Alexander? Yeah, because okay. like he's that high level or whatever. But now this season, you look at it, you, you, you check in on the stats. Not a lot of people watching OKC on a nightly basis. And you're just like, well, Shit, I am. Had, I'm a Knicks he fan. Had, they just waxed I know, but us. he had 30 again? He had <laughs> yeah. 30 again? Yeah, and, and every time he gets, every time he goes out there, and this is the MJF corollary, he he hits it out of the park. Well, now we're really mixing metaphors. Every time we go out there, he's like dunking on people. And they also have three letter syllables as nicknames. So that's SGA, right. MGF, you know, yeah, that's a pretty solid comparison. I like, I do like that better than the Anthony Edwards comparison. Yes, but I think you're right. A lot of people on. would pick Giannis. A lot of people would pick Mox. He's proven it this year, right? I mean, this has been. And this is a couple years back to back where he's in wrestler of the year, you know, territory ever, ever since he's been with AEW. And it's and it's more so the fact that like when everything went to shit, he was the guy who had to pick up the ball and keep the thing going. You know what I mean? Like if it was just MJF who had to be like, hey, man, like 
Punk just left. The Elite just got into a fight. All these other things. We need another interim champion. What are we going to do? It almost does MJF slash Shea Gilgis Alexander as a service. As good as he is, you know what I mean? Like, the Oklahoma City Thunder is still the Oklahoma City Thunder, right? Like, they're not really a threat to anybody. They're fun. They're exciting. They're young, right? But I need somebody to go out there and win a championship and, and hold it down and at least be a threat to a championship. I will take Giannis Moxley over... <laughs> Maxwell Jacob, Alexander Friedman, Gilgis, the third. <laughs> um, let's just start the show. I hope that wasn't too many metaphors. <laughs> What's going on, Jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WB superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to them. And you're listening you're to listening to. And you are listening to the Masked Man Show. 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 Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz. How you doing, buddy? Doing all right, Dave. How about yourself, bro? I'm doing good. Right at the top, I want to say uh, a loving and heartfelt farewell to our friends at MacMania. Um, Yo, uh, love those chest. guys, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, they're they're moving on from the Ring Wrestling Show Network, but uh, they're going to keep kicking, and we're going to keep being involved in each other's lives. If I have anything to say about it, um, love those dudes. Love everything they did. It's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. Um, but in terms of what we're here to talk about, we got. AEW full gear this week. I'm just gonna start off by saying I just hate the name full gear. I gotta be. I gotta be honest about it. <laughs> it's, giving, some it's giving TNA, isn't it? It's giving TNA with that name. <laughs> yeah, man. First of all, WWE's got this real established track record with their big with their big pay per views. You know when they are, right? Mm -hmm. You know generally when they are. And if someone says, dude, if you woke up from a coma and someone was like, I can't wait for Survivor Series this weekend, you'd be like, oh shit, it's Thanksgiving. You know, and <laughs> if they if they if you woke up from a coma and someone's like WrestleMania tickets, you want to go? You'd be like, oh, I just woke up from a coma at the end of March, beginning of April. I if I were them, I would go all I would I would lean even heavier into that. Like just yeah. just do the fall brawl type thing. You know, just do like I know that winter is coming, but you know, I mean, but like you know, just make it more like make it feel like a thing. SummerSlam yeah. is summer. Yeah. You know, full um, gear sounds weird, but I mean. Uh, Anyway, ways, that's too much. Ways, yeah. It's going to be a big show, and we're going to answer the question that we just discussed, I think, at Full Gear. I mean, obviously, Tony Khan gets to keep both John Moxley and MJF after whatever happens. Um, he does, yes. Uh, the Moxley vacation rumors are coming up again, which make, <laughs> which make, le leads me to believe that he's just going to stay and never go on vacation at all. As soon as those, those are the most artificial, you know, the most, like, those rumors get, get shot love, down every time I love time how Mox has become, like, the fucking, uh, the, the lethal weapon of, <laughs> of pro wrestling, right? Like, every time he's about to go, like, oh, man, he was, he was just three days from retirement. He was three days from vacation. And then, like, yeah. something So it just, it just lets me know something terrible is going to happen also in which Mox will have to, to stay and continue to work. <laughs> also, be just kind of weird if his, if, you know, since his wife just started with the company, if they'd yeah. be going on vacation. But I guess, I mean, honestly, you could go. I mean, vacation doesn't have to be six months, right? You guys could, they can go take a nice, a nice solid, you know, 12 day trip to Cancun or something and be fully 
tanned and relaxed and rested by the time they get back and only miss one show. You know, I mean, and, it's not that Mox, big of a deal. Mox's vacation days are a little different, man. Like, I think he is, he's pulling, ever since he signed his new AEW deal, I think he's pulling back from, you know, the GCWs of the world and the other sort of uh, independent wrestling that he's been doing. So going back to working one day a week might be more of a vacation for him than what he's been doing the past, like, 18 months. That would be great if he just, like, went down to... Like WWE, is that so the Puerto Rico company it went down to like Puerto Rico and just worked a like a two week death match tournament or something and that was his vacation. He's <laughs> um, over there working Carlito Cologne and just like, yeah, hey, you know, this is my vacation. This is what I yeah, do on my breaks. Um when did I see we saw did, were you with me when I saw Carlito in must have been in at SummerSlam last year? I think year? so. Yeah. That dude he is big. jacked. Oh, well, he's goodness. jacked. You can yeah. Google him and, and find out that he's jacked, but that is a big man. Oh yeah. Big, big man. Um Anyway, yeah, so we got full gear coming up. Uh, we got, uh, before we get into full gear, and just because we're going to spend a long time on it, I just want to touch on um, the Survivor Series War Games, which is coming up, because it looks like our matches are almost all set. The women's side of the card is set minus one mystery entrant, and the men's side was leaked by, I believe, Mike Johnson. Um, so we're just going to talk about that. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. I got I'm working on the next episode of book of wrestling right now, and it's all about spoilers. Um, anyway, I'm a spoiler nihilist for the most part. So here we go. Um, on the women's side, we have the, we have the damage control squad, Bailey, Dakota Kai, Eosky, along with their friendly frenemy, Nikki Cross and the newly minted member of the team, Rhea Ripley. Um, great look for her against Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, and Mia Yim, who was brought in as a counterpoint to Rhea Ripley. Um, and then there's a TBD there. A lot of a lot of different theories about who that could be. We do you, we, we don't need to dwell on it, but do you have a theory as to who that TBD is going to be? Um, my theory is Beth Phoenix. I think Beth Phoenix. Uh, right before they did the announcements, they kind of showed a clip of Rhea Ripley hitting uh, Beth with the concerto. And this would be like a good time for her to sort of come back mm. and, and get her edge on. You know what I mean? Like, and come back for do another comeback. Uh, my guess is Beth Phoenix. What, what's your guess? I didn't even think about that. That's a fantastic one. Uh, a lot of people have been saying, well, th there's there's a couple of options here, right? I mean, obviously, there's the, the looming specter of Sasha Banks and Naomi. Although I think that the fact that there's one slot and not two would uh, would make that less well, i don't know if that makes it less likely just have that be sasha banks that'd be huge uh i'll, tell, I'll tell you guys right now the, if you're expecting sasha banks and naomi at survivor series be prepared to be disappointed <laughs> well another <laughs> option if you want to go in the in the you know maybe maybe not category um is becky lynch who mm. there have been a lot of a lot of a lot of weird whiffs about about her i don't have any reason to believe that she's going to be healthy but who knows you know war games is one of those funny matches where it's the most brutal match that you can do, but also it's one you can kind of work around a thing if you want to, which we'll, we'll touch again on in the men's match. Um, there've been there there've been some Nixon Newell or sorry Tegan Knox whispers, not whispers. People say you know she's been kind of been on the radar as someone who might be coming back. She's a Triple H Triple H gal. Um, I think it would probably do her and the match a big disservice to sort of tee her up in that role because it's not like a lot of people are gonna a lot of the 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 you know the 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 less IWC crowd are going to pop big for her. And even folks like us are going to be like, yeah, yeah. I would have been happy yeah. with Beth Phoenix. Yeah. I, li I like the Beth idea. I do. Yeah. I think the Beth idea kind of works 
the best, specifically because of what you just said, right? Like, one, um, I don't know how much I could say, but I, I don't know how soon we'll see Naomi and Sasha, but I'm pretty sure it won't be by surprise. Do you have series. them, like, tied up in your closet or something? <laughs> what is this? Actually, yes, they're right here. <laughs> no, um, I, I, I'm pretty sure, uh, and, and, unless I'm getting swerved, too. I'm pretty sure Sasha and Naomi won't be the the the, the remaining um, members. Um, Sasha Banks this week actually she filed for some like more trademarks, so I'm assuming that's another sign that she's got bags in other places. Yeah, I, I'm assuming those those trademarks were for um, uh, her her CBD company that she's launched. And uh, some strains, and like, hey, if Snoop Dogg's your, your your cousin, then you're getting into the weed business. Wrestling money is peanuts, right? So, um, yeah. secondly, there, uh, when it comes to um, uh, a guy like a, a woman like Tegan Knox or like somebody from the IWC, the Triple H NXT favorites that would come back, I think you're kind of setting them up for failure if you're gonna, you know, hold these mystery opponents and have them be people who aren't necessarily um, big on the main roster yet. Like, even they, they were even sort of towing that line with, with the Mia Yim sort of reveal. As much as I love Mia Yim, and, and a lot of people do, you know, uh, and as as crappy as a crowd as Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania could be, um, wasn't the biggest reaction when Mia Yim sort of yeah. returned. So I, I, I'm leaning towards Beth Phoenix being the last. Well, uh, return. Last I mean, I guess she'd only really been on NXT. You know, I mean, right. it wasn't much of a return. I mean, she was obviously right. part of whatever what was it called retribution retribution oof man sorry you, I ever, have, you ever have a, you ever have a take that you're just wildly off on i was r- retribution is i will i will openly <laughs> i will openly own how wrong i was about retribution i thought they were going to be awesome and then they were not <laughs> at all but what about uh what about i mean it's not a major return but it would make sense dana brooke off the fact that nikki cross would be the of the, the five matchups, she would be the odd person out, and they she took away her 24-7 title. And, and, and Dana Brooke did cut that promo. That. Yeah, uh, yeah, man, that would be a disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, why, why is Dana Brooke? All right, listen, listen, listen. All right, Dana Brooke, right? For some reason, she's always been like, the I don't want to say like the the bad luck Chuck of the women's division, right? Like she's always been like somebody who's just kind of never really been put in the right position to True. be successful. Yeah, you know it's not I mean? a knock on her. I mean, she was no. she certainly if she walked in the door now, I think she'd have a, a lot of opportunity. I think the book was kind of written on her when she was less of a performer and a personality and, you know, just in a totally different era when there was a lot of different expectations, yeah. uh, which are not, none of which are her fault. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's just not a lot of, not a lot of hype there. I mean, it's, it is, it is kind of wild when you think about it that, you know, she can come out doing a no hands cartwheel in her entrance <laughs> and like, nobody knows who she is. Right. I mean, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a bizarre, it, it's a, it's a bizarre career arc or I don't even know if arc's the right word. I, I hopefully there'll be an opportunity for her. You know, I mean, there's I no reason. Put her in a, I wouldn't put her in this situation. No. I, I just think, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a star-studded match. It's, you know, when you had that mystery component, that recruiting component, unless, you know, you got about a week and change to really drive home the war games aspect of this team and the recruitment of it. Maybe you can get it, get me a little bit jazzed on, um, on Dana Brooke for the next couple of days, but uh, I can't see it. Can't see it. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll see. 
Uh, I really like the Beth Phoenix look. I think it's a good one. I think that's the biggest pop outside of Becky Lynch. Or what Sasha about, Banks. uh, would you, <laughs> what about, uh, you know, I also heard, uh, one of the Funkadactyls. Remember her? Cameron? The other, the other Funkadactyl? The other Funkadactyl. <laughs> what? Okay. All right. Here's a better question. Who would be the most disappointing member? Like, who would be, who would, who would, who would draw the biggest wet fart r- response as like the last members of these, of these teams? Of people who were on the roster? On the roster. Used to be on the roster. Maybe could have came back. Who's the biggest fart in church? <laughs> I mean, I don't think it reflects... Re- I don't think it's really an answer about who's... About someone being bad. I think that the worst... No, re- the, no, no. I'm saying the worst... The, 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 the right answer to that is the person who would just garner the least response. Mm. Right? So who is like... So who would come out where like no one knows their theme music and no one actually recognizes them that much? I don't know. I mean, it's whoever... You triangulate from there. Yeah, um, yeah. I, you wouldn't be... You wouldn't be hype after this week? Like if... <laughs> this week and the week where, where, where the Funkasaurus is the new NWA heavyweight champion. Oh my god! And everyone is expecting Sasha Naomi. And the music you hear is... Funk is on a roll! <laughs> Funk is oh on a roll! Oh my gosh. <laughs> Cameron comes out that that would be yeah that would be triple h's um you know but pop-up bunt <laughs> pop-up sacrifice bunt <laughs> it's oh my out. gosh that'd be so bad okay i think i think my answer though fit my my final answer to your question is nidia do you remember nidia <laughs> nidia yes i remember nidia of tough enough fame i love uh, nidia it was actually flame. a big of of Jamie Noble. Yeah, I was a big time. fan of Nidia. I thought that I thought that she did some good work out there. But I think she would come out, and that would be the of all the people that I can think of. That would be the which is you know probably limited in my age is is the the person who most people it would would garner the most confusion. <laughs> Could you imagine Michael Cole trying to put that over? God, my God, I'm Cole. tough enough. Two thousand and two. Like wait, wait, that's Nidia. That's Nidia. <laughs> Um, uh, like, yeah. you know what's crazy it'll be even funnier because you know Michael Cole's allowed to use like his like extremely extensive like wrestling encyclopedia knowledge now so he'll just start pulling out all these random factoids like in 2006 Nidia won the hardcore championship against against <laughs> hardcore or something I don't know no shade to Nidia I, was, I, I like Nidia I liked anybody coming out of Tough Enough I always felt like I knew you a little bit better when you won tough enough and made it to TV, right? But yeah, fart in church, fart in church. There you go. <laughs> um, they officially announced the rules for these matches. Uh, two teams will be contained in, a, in separate cages with one member of each team starting the match. After five minutes, a member from the advantage team will be released to enter the match. Uh, after three-minute periods, alternate members from each team will enter until they're all inside this cage. And then once the competitors have all entered, War Games officially begins. Um, and the only way to win is by pinfall or submission. Uh, it's a great setup. I miss the day. The, the one thing, and I know they can't do this. It just there's too. It's too high level now. The thing I miss about those old war games matches is that the two teams just stood outside the ring. There were no cages keeping them away. There was no drama about that. It was just a sort of gentlemanly agreement that you would stand <laughs> on the other side of barbed wire and just sort of contain yourself and not run around and punch Jesse Rhodes in the face or whatever. Like it's, I don't know. I miss that sort of gentleman's agreement. But um, mm. but the, so yes, yeah, so they're going to be in their cages and. And it's going to be a lot like the uh, the old NXT setup, and, and I think that's probably a good thing overall. All right, over on the men's side, again, 
I believe, again, this is according to Mike Johnson, it's going to be Roman Reigns and the Bloodline, that being Roman Reigns, the Usos, Solo Sokoa, and Sami Zayn, against Drew McIntyre, Sheamus and the Brawling Brutes, and Kevin Owens. Now, there's a monkey wrench here, which is that Kevin Owens apparently injured his knee at a house show over the weekend. Um, unclear how bad the damage is. I mean, hell, for all we know, they're working it so that no, everyone will be surprised by him as a as the special fifth member or whatever. Um, although I'm not sure they're going to do two surprises on the show on Saturday, you know, on the on the big show. Um, but it makes sense, right? Have him instead of have instead of having him as the leader of the group, have him as like the the guy who's going to face off with Sami Zayn, the big surprise at the end. It's it's a good look. Um, and of all the different lineups we talked about, this makes some sense. You know, I like the brawling brutes getting this kind of look. We know from their uh, match extreme rules that they can do they can work this kind of match really well Sheamus is about as big as it gets um, in terms of you know new opponents for the bloodline and Drew McIntyre fits in with them right I mean he's also he's obviously a big 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 star too and you know there has to be a reason why he keeps winning those matches against Karrion Cross. Uh, <laughs> the KO thing's interesting if he's injured and they have to go a different direction. I guess, you know, think about who you want in that spot. I do think that they're, like I was saying earlier, this is a sort of thing where, you know, you could have him come in last, you know, you can put him in a knee brace and kind of minimize what he's going to do in there. I mean, this is Kevin Owens we're talking about. He's still going to try to jump off the top of the cage. But, <laughs> right. But, but what I was told, the, the match that he got injured in, he did end up finishing it. Like he, he apparently he got hurt. Uh, finished like the last couple of minutes. Stunner got out of there, and um, I'm hearing it's a meniscus, which I'm not the biggest knee expert, but um, from what it was initially feared, which is like ACL or Achilles or anything like that, that is something that uh, you know, uh, Kevin Owens is a badass. Like I'm pretty sure that's something you can work through in a ten man match. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, that's what I've heard. Uh, I'm not necessarily sure if, if if that is the case, but say he is really hurt. Is there anybody else you would see that would fit into that match uh, outside of Kevin Owens? Because I agree with you. I think the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn story still hasn't well, really been told yet. And I yeah. think that's a good way to kind of kick it off. If he's a little bit hurt, then probably the look is he works the match and then they kind of put him on the shelf a little bit. Keep them, you know, out of the ring until they can actually go at it, come Rumble or WrestleMania time. Well, you know, um, Sam, Sammy and KO could carry a anything. program without touching each other. Exactly. You know what I mean, like it could be. It could but be if he's so hurt that he actually can't work, well, I mean, you could actually do the exact same thing with, you know, is Cody Rhodes above seventy five percent? Because if then you then you actually have Kevin Owens get attacked backstage and they got to find a surprise partner and Cody Rhodes comes in last and surprises <laughs> everybody and you set up WrestleMania you can keep him I mean there's no there's not there's not there's no big cards between Survivor Series and the Rumble right so no. basically you just have, I mean they're going to be a super raw or I think a, a, a super whatever a supersized episode of raw they might have another show in there man but, I heard I heard something I heard something but, Ro but Roman Reigns as far as I know is basically it, it, you know this is a, a, a low-key Roman Reigns vacation coming up after Survivor Series. So I don't think whoever his WrestleMania opponents are going to be need to be out there working like crazy either. So you could do something like that, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, Cody Rhodes is in the gym. We know that yeah. much. He's working out. Yeah. Um, but if it's not them, I mean, if it's if it's somebody who's actually on the roster and whatever, um, damn, where do you go? 
I mean, I heard uh, Rey Mysterio was hurt, so you can't go Rey. That's what I was um, about to say. I heard uh, there is... I mean, I, I, who knows, man? I mean, like, there's only so go, many baby could... faces. You can't throw really Ricochet in there. You know, I don't know if that really makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, Braun, <laughs> we talked about last week. You could always just... I mean, Seth Rollins is, like, you know, functionally a baby face right now, although I'm sure they're kind of they're kind of keeping that, you know, keep one foot in, one foot out until they need mm-hmm. to actually do something with him, with Cody or whatever. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But that would be, you know... There's some, there's some, there's definitely some options out there, for sure. Definitely um, some options out there. Brock Lesnar, um, Brock Lesnar, always available for the right price. Yeah, I don't know if Boston, uh, Boston Arena shows is the is the Brock price. Um, but speaking of big shows in between Survivor Series and the Royal Rumble, um, I don't know if it's going to happen between there, but I did hear a, a little rumor that there is going to be a big stadium show. Between Rumble and Mania, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'll just put it like that. It's going to be a big stadium show, not in the country, and start with a big star headlining. Ooh, Fight Island. I, I, I will not Fight Island, but it is an island. It is an island, but that, that's what I'm hearing. And uh, until I get more information, I don't want you know. All the damn uh, dirt sheets pulling our our quotes and saying this, that, and a third. If I'm right or wrong, but when I'm when I'm positive, when I'm 100 positive, because there was a monkey wrench that might have changed things. Uh, but I, I did hear that it, it is happening, and uh, it's one of those things where it's like you don't need that much time to promote this sort of thing to to, to fill up this stadium. <laughs> I'll put it like that. Wow. I'll put it like that. All right. Well. I guess we'll that's what we call that. a cliffhanger, baby. Yeah, we'll find out. Um, we'll find out soon, and when it happens, but, you can say Kaz knew first. Damn it! Just kidding. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, and and listen, this card's shaping up to be pretty big too. We um we should talk briefly about Austin Theory, who is we talked about Kobe. last week after the failed cash in, and now is um, I think universally uh, regarded as the greatest professional wrestler alive. So, um. So Austin Theory, uh, he explained himself. Some people weren't having the explanation. I thought it was good. I thought it was fine. Uh, and then he officially turned into an angry monster and beat up Seth Rollins. What do you? How are you feeling about Austin Theory after this week? Just when they thought you was out, yeah, they pull you back in. Listen, mm-hmm. if you sold your Austin Theory stock. Too early. I feel bad for you because like I said on this show last week, losing the money in the bank briefcase was the best thing that could happen for Theory. And I'm so glad he explained it in a way, almost word for word, what I said on this very podcast last week. He's And, and I'm, I'm glad they addressed the elephant in the room. It's like, listen, you know who's the champion right now. That dude's pretty much unstoppable. And even if I could get to him, He's got the whole bloodline in front of him. And you've seen, and they showed clips every time he's tried to cash in. It's always, it, it became comical, whether mm-hmm. it's Brock, whether it's Tyson Fury, whether it's Lashley, whether it's all these other people. It made all the sense in the world. Now, why he would cash in for the United States Championship, I wouldn't have thought of that. I probably wouldn't have did that. But the sense it's a top in, title in, in Raw. 
It is the top title on the Raw, but in the sense of you're not going to beat that guy anyway, and it's probably an anchor for you right now, especially with the growth that you can probably have without carrying that briefcase, the best thing for you is to not have it. So uh, they did that, and, and like I said, man, last week I compared him to Kobe Bryant because uh, in Kobe Bryant's rookie year, he very famously threw up three consecutive air balls in the playoffs against the Utah Jazz, which ended up leading to the Los Angeles Lakers being eliminated from the playoffs, right? Those three consecutive air balls that Kobe shot was Austin Theory's money in the bank cash-ins. It was the defining moment of his career. It is the moment that most people probably wouldn't live through. It's an embarrassing thing to happen to you. Most guys probably don't recover from losing that way and that style, that young, where you're mentally could be a little fragile. Sure. Yeah, I think and he Austin, looked great on Monday. He looked, and he, he looked the recovery like, has begun. Mm, he looked like the fucking guy on Monday Night Raw. And if you think just because he lost the Money in the Bank briefcase that he's still not the future face of this company, not the, the next Cena, not the, you know, all these other things. I still think he needs a new finishing move. I mean, the A-Town down still a little convoluted. But other than that, I have more faith in that dude now than I did two weeks ago when he did have the money in the brain briefcase. He's right in there with Rollins. He's right in there with, with uh, the top guys on Monday Night Raw, you know. The elevation of mid-card titles has made the U.S. title not an afterthought. Like, the top title on SmackDown is the Intercontinental Championship. The top title on Raw is the United States Championship. And having that title, especially when Seth has it right now, is a big deal, right? So, um, that being said, I still think this time next year we'll be talking about Austin Theory as either a world champion or a top flight main event level competitor because he's still so young. He's still so gifted. And, uh, you know, Triple H ain't dumb, man. He had to do some course correction with that guy's character. And that briefcase, for all the good that it brings, in this specific situation, it wasn't the best thing for him. Yeah. So I, Monday Night Raw convinced me otherwise. They're on the right track with him, uh, as always. All right. Well, I agree. Um, we'll talk more about him next week, I'm sure, because wherever they're going with this is, I mean, it's obviously sort of page one for them. So I'm sure we'll see more on Monday. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. 
When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Um, let's move over to AEW. Full gear is coming up this Saturday. Uh, it's a stacked card and, you know, it's an AEW pay-per-view, so it will be a big, long card. Let's see how much of it we can get in here in the remaining time of the show. John Moxley versus MJF for the AEW title. We already talked about this a little bit. Um, uh, I think that of all of the stories that, I mean, damn. In retrospect, Hangman looked a little bit obvious. I mean, not obvious, but looked like you could, you know, the storylines make a lot of sense in retrospect. But in terms of going into a big match, I don't know that I felt so sure about the outcome in an in a AEW title match as this. And, and I don't mean that as a bad thing. I feel like this is a MJF's moment and AEW is fully setting it up to be his moment. And the and the mystery of this match is less about who's going to win. To me, I mean, listen, I didn't think Moxley was going to win um, the, when he won the title. I thought they were going to go Danielson. Um, but the mystery for this match for me is not about MJF winning. It's whether he wins as a, he wins a, as a clean baby or clean gets a clean win and is a sort of baby face turn or whether something like, you know, Regal gives him the brass knucks and that's how he wins. And all of a sudden we have MJF Regal is like your super diabolical heels moving forward. Um, we don't know how Stokely and his crew are going to factor into this whole thing. Um, Hard to say, hard to imagine the Blackpool Combat Club outside of Regal having really any impact at all because they've been sort of divorced from anything to do with this storyline. Um, but to me, that's it. Is MJF going to come out of this match a babyface or a heel? I think he comes out of this match the biggest heel. <laughs> I think he comes I, out of this match the biggest heel. Um, it's not. It's not shocking to me that um, last night was literally a frame-by-frame reenactment of CM Punk's return to save Moxley leading up to All Out, right? Like, uh, MJF comes out and is hitting people, one shot, falling down, all this type of stuff. I think it's going to be... I think the firm is going to be even stronger than ever. I think the firm is still under MJF's... um, uh, tutelage. Control, yeah. I still think he's still under control. I think those guys going down with one punch and doing eye pokes and low blows and oh, doing all on. this type of stuff, I'm like, 
You guys are supposed to be some tough guys, and then you're all just going down no, with one punch said, and get the, rolled the, over. It's the Roddy and, Piper stuff, man, and the yeah. Three Stooges too. But they, you know, yeah. they, it works. Come on, man. Come on, man. Mox ain't no dummy. These guys ain't no dummies, man. Like I, I think, I think this is one thousand percent MJF's moment. We're in MJF's market of the New York, New Jersey area. Um, <laughs> he's like, man, he's like Scar. Like, like, as as much as he tries to, like, come off as, like, a genuine good guy and, like, man, you know, I've done some terrible things, but it's because I was this, this, that, and the third. It's like, even as he tries his best, he cannot look less of a scumbag, even if he can if he tried to, right? Uh, I mean, you know, dude looks great. He's gotten jacked. I don't know what the hell he's been eating, Ooh. but he's looking like an absolute... Um, real he light heavyweight right now. He like, looks taller he, too. I don't, I don't know. know if he grew two inches and got you know, but boy, boy looks like he's ready to be. Um, I guess like you said a few episodes ago, well, a couple months ago, he's on the Chris Jericho diet when it's like oh, okay, like we're getting ready to make you uh main event, right? Um, I think this is more than just um how MJF is going to leave the show, right? I think. AEW in general knows how important this show is because obviously what happened with the last pay-per-view, the only thing people took away from it was the press conference and the scrum and the BS. And MJF hasn't shied away from the fact that like all of his moments have been overshadowed by stuff, right? Um, I think this is more than just MJF's moment. I think this is a seminal moment for AEW. I think this is a moment that they could do a hard reset on who is important in this company. I think this is a time that all of those um, pillars that they were once called back in the day, I think it's time for the, I think, it, you know, Moxley said it best, the training wheels come off on Saturday. And I think more than MJF, I think guys like Ricky Starks, is, is the training wheels going to come off for him? I think guys like uh, Jack Perry, uh, uh, Adam Page, all of those young 25, 26, 27 and under guys, uh, Jade Cargo, all these people, they know that the future of the company is going to rest in people that they've spent the past three years building. And MJF is probably the best shining example of all of that. And if the elite's coming back and all these people are coming back and John needs a damn vacation uh, and all this type of stuff, I think this this pay-per-view is going to serve as a turning point for the company and really putting the ball into the youth's hands and say, hey, carry us for the next five years. And I think it starts and ends with, with Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Um, okay, well, let's keep running down. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned Jack Perry. Uh, he's in a steel cage against Luchasaurus. Christian uh, you know, is the real villain here, I guess, but can't be in the steel cage. Um, not a lot of people like over the moon about this match. And I also think putting like a steel cage match kind of in the middle of a super big card is probably not doing them a lot of favors. However, it also could have, it also could be really cool. Uh, who do you think is going to win that one? It's got to be Jungle Boy, right? It's got to be Jungle Boy. Got to be Jack Perry, man. Uh, he's uh, he's in a great spot right now to to kind of um, get the hell you know, away from obviously Luchasaurus. Because of yeah, you know, Luchasaurus is, is is Kane. You know, he's playing the role of Kane in this in this breakup right now. And uh, you know, I think this pay-per-view needs some happy ass endings and some fresh restarts. And I think they've been telling the Jungle Boy Luchasaurus Christian story for the better part of a year now. 
and this feels like a blow off and this feels like a time to separate Jungle Boy from Jack Perry and become, you know, the guy that, like I said, you've been building these guys for three or four years. If they're not ready to be main event guys now, they probably never will be. So this is the moment for Jack Perry. I think he goes over. Yeah, they could do a lot of different things with Jungle Boy at this point in time. I mean, because it's they could do literally anything. They get him away from those two folks, and and you could put him with. I mean, I think you want to put him against a kind of an established heel, so you don't end up with a, uh, you know, him coming out of the feud where his friends turned on him, and now he's turning too. Um, but you know, anything would feel fresh after this. You put him up against, you know, Powerhouse Hobbs or. Samoa Joe, we're going to talk about next, or you know, you can uh, literally anything. You can put him against Jericho, like put him in there with a Jericho Appreciation Society, you know, like make yeah. him feel not just some, not just different. Let's let him feel important. Anyway, yeah, um, we got the uh, TNT title match, Triple Threat, Wardlow, Samoa Joe, Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, this is you know, big meat event, slap and meat, the very definition. <laughs> oh, this is a cast special right here. I'm looking forward I don't, to this. I don't one. know. I don't know. I mean, it, I would be absolutely shocked. If Wardlow lost this match, yes. um, Samoa Joe obviously already has a title, and Powerhouse Hobbs is as great as he is. He's you know the number three fa- you know number three name in this match, and and also Wardlow hasn't really gotten to do a lot with that title. Um, so I like that. I like what they've done. I like that they've built it. I think that this is um, you know I wouldn't be shocked if Hobbs won. Frankly, because if you're talking about a youth movement, does that mean you're moving Wardlow up? You know, I mean, yeah. like you, you, you could definitely see them making that decision. Yeah. MJF wins; he needs an opponent. Oh, who better than his old crony M, uh, Wardlow? I wouldn't sh- be shocked to see Powerhouse Hobbs win, but I'm, but you know, if, if if I'm putting money on it, I'm putting money on Wardlow retaining. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go. Uh, I think I'm with you, man. Like, I think I'm gonna go Powerhouse Hobbs also. Like, oh, you think- no, I'm going Wardlow. But if you want to oh. go Powerhouse, I'm officially Wardlow. But I, okay. I would be All shocked right. if it was Hobbs. So I'm going Hobbs, man. Like I just think I just get the feeling with the, with the show and the company and everything that they're going. I'm like, if I had the pen right now, I'm like, yo, this is a time to really get guys ready. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I don't think Wardlow losing the title because you know there's there's an opportunity there where Wardlow could lose the title and not be pinned and still look like a badass and still do all these things, right? Um, you know, I don't know if Samoa Joe is there to eat the pin. I don't know if Powerhouse Hobbs is there to eat the pin, but I think it happens there, right? And um, man, uh, I, I don't know. Powerhouse Hobbs hasn't really been in the mix as much, but I feel like the TNT title is uh, a- as great as it is on Wardlow. You know, he's a name, and he's a guy that could probably start to move up, especially if MJF is going to be your world champion. Yeah. There's a ready built-in feud right there to kind of keep that thing going. So, you All know, right. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Powerhouse Hops comes on with the win. I think, so I think I'll go with him. I think that's where we're going. And I'll do, with all due respect, I'm going to truck through a couple of these. So you just got to tell me it. the winner. Jade Cargo yeah. versus Nyla Rose for the TBS championship. Jade and a wash. Got totally, that. Totally agree. Um Jeff Jarrett, man, this is, I know, people, all the Sting fans out there are going to be mad that I'm rushing through this. Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal versus Sting and Darby Allen. Who wins that one? You know, Sting is, he's a 99 overall in tag matches with uh, other legends. I'm going Sting and Darby on this one. Yeah, that seems like a pretty obvious one. Um, uh, I guess I want to talk about all these. Uh, Ring of Honor title match. Chris Jericho, your champ, in a, in a, 
quadruple threat, four corners match against Danielson, Claudio, and Sammy Guevara. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. Uh, let me, I'll, t- I'll talk through this. I think that the, the, the really smart money is on Jericho retaining because the only reason he's hanging around with the title is to launch this TV show and it's, you know, puts a belt on a, the biggest of big names and helps with the sale and everything else. I, so that's, I think, the safest money. But I think I'm, I'm going to pick Sammy. I no, just I've feel been like, hearing that. I've been hearing really, like people I, I've like, only, yeah. I haven't really been engaging that much. Um, so Claudio got the win over Jericho at the end of Dynamite, which leads you to believe, well, that, that's a cover for Jericho winning. You know, if, Jer- if, if Jericho can can beat Claudio at the pay-per-view, well, he, he's still, I guess it's an even, not, an even th- this would be the rubber match, not not a match. This is very confusing. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think it's going to be him. I could see it be Danielson because he also got the huge name recognition if you're going to go that route, but, but it just doesn't seem like we've set that up. And this feud between the the combat club and Jericho appreciation society needs to be over right so if you're going to make a switch and it's going to and it's going to and and you're still ending that feud then maybe you just give it to Sammy and let him be the like now I'm the face of the company and Jericho's kind of got to be his crony and to see how that dynamic works out mm, um I don't know man it is it is one of those things where I hear what you're saying, and for all those reasons, kind of seems like the time to put the title on Brian Danielson, right? Like I can't be mad this, at that. This, same, is a, this is a wild same, one. Same reason that you said, you, you know, you, the, Chris Jericho is Chris Jericho, and he's a big star, but so is Brian Danielson. He is Mr. Ring of Honor, um, uh, aside from he who shall not be named in AEW anymore. Um and if you're launching a show with him as your world champion after a fatal four-way battle with like four of the best wrestlers on the planet, can't go wrong with Brian Danielson here. I, I don't know how many times you could put Danielson in the world title matches and not pull the trigger. He's too well, big of sure, a name but, to me. But the answer seems to be a million. I mean, infinity. Yeah. Like, that seems to be <laughs> like, the decision that they've made. So I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I, don't know. I, I, I think you I got think, Danielson. I mean, I got I got Danielson in this one. Wouldn't shock me if Jericho retains, but I like like I always I always pick these things with like if I had the pen. And in my estimation, Danielson seems like the likely choice. I think Danielson seems like the likely choice for a lot of fans, mm-hmm. but and that's probably why they keep teasing and teasing and teasing because eventually, once that Ring of Honor, you know, uh, show or final battle, I think final battle is next next month. I want to say, yeah. Do you want to go in there with with Brian Danielson as your Ring of Honor champion? Then probably, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's a good look. Um, we got the uh, this uh, AW World Championship Eliminator Eliminator Tournament for a title shot at uh, Winner Is Coming. Um, Ethan Page is in the finals. He cut one hell of a promo on the Walk to the Ring. Love the Walk to the Ring promo to mix things up. And um, him and Stoke are like a, just an incredibly fun duo to watch. Just the two of them. Um, not sure about him being sort of fodder at the end of the show, but whatever. But the other side of the card is really up in the air. We got Brian Cage in the semifinals on that side, but then Lance Archer versus Ricky Starks hasn't happened yet. I saw somebody say that they were going to have, I guess that might happen on Rampage, and then they're going to have Starks work two matches at the work, like maybe he'll work Brian Cage at the buy-in and then have the winner of that take on Ethan Page. Um, 
It feels like it's going to end up with Ricky Starks and Ethan Page. And I don't really know. Uh, presuming that's the that's the matchup. I don't know where Ricky's been. There have been a lot of conflicting reports about his health and whatever else. But if he's healthy, I think it's got to be Ricky Starks. Although, oh, yeah. Ethan Page, I mean, he's coming up. Ah, man. That's my lock for the, for the show. I don't know if we do locks on, on the, on the pay-per-view. Your preview. lock is Ricky Starks, despite the mm-hmm. fact that he hasn't advanced past the first round of the tournament yet. That's a bold pick. 1,000%. Book mm-hmm. it. I think Ricky Starks uh, advances. I think Ricky Starks gets the rocket strapped to him. I think the reason why he's been off TV is because they're getting ready to refresh him and get him really going again. Yeah. I'm going with Ricky, man. There's, there's Ricky, gonna be there's gonna be a need for some new baby faces. If I was gonna say that if, gone, if, if MJF is your, MJF is your champ, turns. then you got to talk about who works. Who, what are the matches that we want to see? I wouldn't right. be mad at Jack Perry. I would obviously Ricky Starks is just incredibly good, and then you can start looking at the other dudes on the roster. I mean, there's a lot of people that match up well with MJF. That would be yeah. the, a lot of fun in that role. But Ricky Starks is the right person to put in that championship match. That's not for all the marbles. I mean, it is for the mm. title, but it's not like the biggest stage of all. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. Um, it is a very bold move though, seeing as how he hasn't won a match yet. Um, all right. Uh, okay. I just think because MJF, because uh, MJF is my other lock and assuming he's going to have a nice long Tyler reign, that first championship, you know, feud that you're going to have with somebody, it's going to yeah. be somebody that we like and somebody who can be beat. And yep. I no, think that's right. That's, that's absolutely Starks. right. Yeah. Um, we get Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter for the interim AW Women's Championship. Um, you know what? We're not going to spend a lot of time on this one as because I can just say this. Super excited to see this match, as I'm sure you are. This is going to be a whole lot of fun. And the storyline they're giving us now is, hey, these two people used to be roommates, which is <laughs> the laziest thing I can think of. So I'm not going to really talk about it a lot. I think... The interim thing really throws a huge monkey wrench into this thing. The inter- the fact that it's an interim title makes me pick Tony Storm. But I think any if this were the real title, I would pick Jamie Hader. So I'm I think that there's money is still on an eventual an eventual Tony Storm Rosa, you know, mega powers collide thing for the belts and say we're buddies. So I'm gonna pick Tony Storm. But man, Jamie Hader is. She's in acclaimed territory. She's as over as you can, as as organically over as just about anybody that they've built in that company. And uh, make, keeping the bell of her might be a big mistake. Mm. Um. So here's my thing, right? I think Tony Storm retains. However, it's a weird territory, like you said, with Jamie Hader because she is so massively over. The Thunder Rosa thing is still kind of hovering over our heads. Soraya and and Britt Baker is probably the bigger match, even though it's not for a title. Um, And you still haven't really told that Jamie and Britt story yet. So I think there's a way you get there without convoluting an already very convoluted title picture with the interims and all that type of stuff. Well, did you notice it? Britt cut a real baby face promo last night. Yeah. Her little yeah. backstage promo, like she built the company, whatever. And, you know, it, she needed to say something because Soraya was just running her down sort of 
without a lot of context. I mean, which yeah. is whatever. It's a weird move for Soraya as the nominal baby face. And now she's working her first match. We don't know how, how if she's going to be able to go or to what extent. Uh, you know, my expectations are, as far as in-ring, are obviously way higher for the championship match. But you're right. The spotlight is going to be on the other match. So why don't we handcuff these two? Here's what I'll say. Tony Storm retains because of unwanted failed interference <laughs> by Britt Baker and Reba. Yeah, that's where that's where I was going. And then in the other match, as retribution, Jamie Hader comes in and just demolishes Britt Baker, putting her putting Jamie Hader over as the as a massive heel solo act, and Britt Baker gets that little baby face push. Oh, I don't or know. Opportunity. I, think, I think I think it's I think it's the opposite. It could be I the think. opposite, but it could be the opposite. But it's the it was the babyface promo last night for Britt Baker. They got me. They got my my wheel spinning. But I and, think I think, I and think it Soraya. Needs a, Soraya, what? No, I think Soraya. You know, it's going to be hard to boo somebody in their first match in five years, and I think it's going to be hard to have somebody have their first match in five years go over someone who's been like she said the backbone of the company, the first signee in the mm-hmm. AEW's history. So I do think um, the hater is going to be involved somehow. And I think she cost Britt Baker her match. And I think maybe Jamie becomes the mega baby face and Britt becomes the heel here. I, I Listen, I see the logic in that. But here's what I... But, but I, I think more than anything, this women's division needs a reset where they have someone new as the massive heel, not Britt Baker. So I would just go, I mean, who knows? It pro- might not even work because of the fans' reaction. It's impossible to, to predict. But that would be, I, I think that's where I would lean, is have her come in and just lay the, just like beat the crap out of Britt Baker and Soraya and have the whole, and just, you know, be covered in their blood. And they don't even, and the fans don't get to see the whole match and now the fans turn on her. Anyway, we got to keep trucking. That's going to be my nonsense double pick. Um uh, what's next? Oh, we talked about Ethan Page. Oh, the trios match. Death Triangle officially is facing the elite. Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Um, obviously not a ton of build here. There's a lot of backstory, but not a lot of build because they just announced the elite for the first time yesterday. Um, feels like, uh, you know, if it, we, we know that, we know that AW loves to push pause on storylines in these instances and just re-engage. So it feels like the, the obvious move would be to put the belts back on the elite and then just do whatever story you were going to do before they got suspended or whatever. Um, but I don't know. I feel like Death Triangle retains. It, it, it just because I think it's a little counterintuitive and why not? You also have um, House of Black apparently sort of waiting in the wings for either of these teams. I would love to see Elite versus House of Black. That would be freaking epic. Um, but this is a total toss-up. I mean, it's a total toss-up. Uh, but I'm just going to go with the House of Black. I mean, with the uh, Death Triangle, just for the sake of it. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I'm going Death Triangle also. Um, I don't think the Elite probably want the... I think it would be better. It would be better served for them to not just come in and be like, all right, thank you for the holding, keeping our titles warm. Let's take it right back now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, again, it's 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 a fantasy, it's a fantasy dream match. Like it is my type outside of big meaty men bumping meat, like trios matches with oh. lots of freaking just chain wrestling and high flying and all types of like 
combination and, and dual offense. Like, that's also my jam. I think that's going to be the match that completely steals the show. Not seeing the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega together for as long as they have. I know they're going to want to come and blow the roof off mm-hmm. of that of that, of that that arena. Uh, but I do think I do think Death Triangle retains, and I do think it's it's the start of really building out these trio storylines with yeah. best friends and Death Triangle and uh, um, House, House of, of Black. Black, the Elite, uh, and, ooh, and CM ooh, Punk and, and FTR, other, yeah, <laughs> and, w- and whatever trio else wants to wants to come hop aboard on there. But I do think it's in their best interest for Death Triangle to retain. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I'm surprised we're in line on that one. All right. Last match, the acclaimed with Billy Gunn mm. versus Swerve in Our Glory. Uh, I think that the move here is going to be for the acclaimed to retain and for Swerving Our Glory to split up in the process. But mm-hmm. if it were up to me, mm-hmm. making a lot of I assumptions, yeah, <laughs> I would have Swerving Our Glory win and also break up. I would have them. I, I would love to see these guys each carry. You know, I know. A lot of jokes have been made by uh, me as well as many others about AEW having too many title belts, but the appropriate misuse of a title belt in this case would be to have these two guys carrying around each one tag team title belt as so, to look like champs, but basically being moving into the singles wrestling territory, right? You could do Swerve versus MJF, talk about heels that the main event scene needs. Either of these guys can, can, can do it, right? Uh, they've been compared frequently to Shaq and Kobe. I don't... I, you know, whoever the heel is in that relationship, I guess your mileage may vary on that one. But um, but that's what I would do. That's what I would do. I mean, I know that kind of puts the tag team titles into a little bit of flux if that if if you're if you're concerned about that kind of thing. But you can get you know you can put them back on the acclaimed or somebody else, and that can be a big deal. Maybe it's a thing where the old school wrestling thing where they split up and each of them has to find a new tag team partner. You know, do a thing like that, and they, you know, we'll, we'll unify them, and then the acclaimed comes and takes them back or like whatever. Um, but I think it's. I think that it is frankly time to split up that team. The acclaimed are going to be mega over no matter what. And having the acclaimed retained and splitting them up because they, because, you know, Swerve and, and Keith are mad about the result. It's just a little bit too paint by numbers for me. So I would just, I would try to do something a little bit more interesting, a little bit more energizing than that. Yeah. I feel like this, this, you know, I, I see where you're going here because this does feel like the blow off to a several months long, um program with the two teams mm-hmm. um in the midst of this this program the acclaimed have become massively over yeah and uh you know it would be a mistake to take the titles off of them now because i do think the money match is ftr and the acclaimed because ftr has all the belts and the acclaimed is the most popular tag team and if tag team wrestling is important to you and especially important to ftr you, you know, you eventually want those AEW titles. But like I said, I feel like the Swerve and Keith Lee breakup has been so projected for so long. I'm just hoping that they do something that, 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 you know, that surprises me. Yep. You know, like I exactly. feel like we're all seeing this breakup is coming. So if they did win the title and they did still split up, and they still did something that that was was out of the norm or whatever. 
I would be interested. But like, then again, I'm also come from the school of just because you can see it coming and just because it's been done before doesn't mean it can't be good. Yeah, and listen, so, I mean, the, the, this is the, the Vince McMahon logic, the professional wrestling historical logic is when you have a act that's as over as the acclaimed are, when you have, you know, World Series baseball players doing the scissor thing in the in the dugout. When you you know when when some when when you have when you have a when something's on fire like this, you stick with it. You know, regardless of what the story you know what what would make the best storytelling twist or whatever, keep keep the belts on them. Keep mm -hmm. them on top. Mm -hmm. So that's probably what'll happen. But man, I would love to see I would love to see Lee and Swerve with just. Ha with those tag team titles and hating each other, not even appearing on camera together, you know? <laughs> yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. Um, it would be. We gotta get out of here. Some very, very uh, rapid fire, sell or no sell. Earl Hebner says he deserves to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. Sell or no sell? Uh, I'm, I'm selling this because uh, there are no referees in the Hall of Fame, and if there should be one, he would be the one. He was the he's the first referee that I knew on a first name basis. You know what I'm saying? So he's yeah. A, yeah ask all the wrestling fans who is a referee. They're going to tell you Earl Hebner. No, it's probably because of the Montreal screw job. But I think that only helps his case. Um, Matt Cardona is on WWE's radar, uh, aka Zach Ryder. Obviously, sell or no sell. Should WWE sign him? Sell or no sell? Oh uh, man, man. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give this a very, very, very trepidatious no sell, because I don't want Triple H to keep going back into the look who's back bag. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I feel like. Well, Cardona said he made more money. He's making more money now than he ever made in a single year. You know, in, in his time in WWE. Um, and kudos to him for making that happen. But I think that says a lot. He's like found his absolute apex form, you know, and it's it's doing what he's doing now. Now, I think there's some question if you're him about what, how much longevity that has and whether or not the stability that comes with WWE is a better idea. And then maybe going to WWE and then going back out on the Indies and pulling it all over again, you know, we'll have we'll have more energy. But <clears throat> listen, he always had left more on the table for WWE. I mean, there's they never did anything with him they could have done, but. You know, he was never a top top guy, and uh, he pe fan, most fan, even fans of his had trouble fantasy booking him into being a top top guy. So, it, is he going to come in and have more impact than Karrion Cross? I mean, I think it's a reasonable debate, but like, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, that's my thing. I, I think he kind of get. I think if Matt Cardona is on the roster tomorrow, he still kind of gets lost in a shuffle again. You know what I mean? Like that. That's that's a lot of people on there vying for TV time. And I honestly think I don't know what happened with him in AEW, but I always thought he kind of fit better over there yeah. at the moment at his current current ideation. Well, his his wife Chelsea Green is definitely coming to WWE. It looks like, and uh, and I guess having them as a sort of husband and wife, you know, like the Canellas's duo type style duo might have some energy, might have some legs. Who knows? Anyway, let's truck on one more. Logan Paul wants John Cena at WrestleMania. He said he's already reached out to him. Sell John Cena versus Logan Paul WrestleMania. Sell or no sell? If you listen to the show each and every week, I said this last week, that is the money match for Hollywood and Los Angeles. If you got Roman Rock, Cena Paul at the marquee, mm, print the money. John Cena, Logan Paul, I cannot wait to see it. I don't think he would have said it if he didn't know it was going to happen. So mm. I'm taking this to the bank. 
I'm selling it. That's a big match, and I can't Lo wait to see it. Logan Paul is the arbiter of truth. Is an interesting, interesting <laughs> person to believe since he said Listen, he like he said he randomly said he wanted Roman Reigns on a podcast, and it happened. Well, they, he did know it was set up. You're right. That's true. <laughs> yeah. But he also he also said his knee was fully disconnected from the rest of his body, and that apparently is not true at all. So oh, he's just um, he's just he's just from the school of Hulk Hogan. You yeah, know? you're right. I, I get. I think it's so hilarious how many people are up in arms about this. It's like, well, he did say, just to be clear, that blah blah blah. I mean, you know, no, it doesn't matter, man. He's a wrestler. You could say I blew out my uh, knee into it. It's like, you know, um, what's a wrestling okay. injury anyway? Am I the only one that sees this as like a waste of two like big draws? That's like, I what like I was gonna say. Thank you. Someone else up with Cena. And then Logan Paul, you can have them face just about anyone on the roster, and I feel like so it can be a boost. Logan, so to have them together. Logan Paul versus John Cena, the argument, I agree with you, but the argument in favorite is basically why let Brock Lesnar break the Undertaker streak, right? Why, like, Logan Paul being Brock Lesnar in this situation. It's like, there have to be somebody who can make better use of one of John Cena's last matches than Logan Paul, who's not there very much. Um, but Logan Paul is sort of a mainstay at this point. If he keeps, you know, working all these dates, he's pretty significant. And then he gets that rub that he can convey to somebody else, I guess. Logan Paul beats Cena, then Logan Paul becomes the part-timer world beater too. Now, I don't know if I agree with that, but I think that that's, that that's the argument that you make. Because remember at the time, everybody was like, what? what? Under like, uh, if Undertaker's going to lose, give it to somebody. Give it to somebody young. Give it to somebody who can actually, who's actually working all the time. Somebody who can actually benefit from this. Should have let Roman win. You should have let Punk win. You should like, whatever. Like, Brock Lesnar? He's mm. already he's already established. But it helped. It worked. It, helped. it made Brock Lesnar even better than before. And that was really important to the company. So anyway, I I, I wouldn't do it. I would, I would split it up. But now that it's, you know, I would have... A separate John Cena and Logan Paul matches at WrestleMania. But now that it's been mentioned, I don't know. I don't think you can do anything else. Anyway, we got to go. Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, Kaz, you want to get your plugs in on the way out? Say less with Kaz, Loki, and Rosie. You know what to do. Subscribe to the podcast and youtube.com slash Kazim. Catch me on the MSG Networks with FanDuel inside the lines, MSG PM and MSG BetCast. And um, catch me right here on the Mass Man Show with Kaz and Dave with the Shoes. You can find me here. You can find me on the press box. You can find me on the Book of Wrestling, 25 catchphrases that explain the Attitude Era. Uh, we just dropped a wonderful NBA-related episode about the DX invasion. More to come soon. Thanks, as always, to our babyface producer, John Kerma. Apologies, as always, to Giannis Moxley. We'll see you back here next week, Humanoids. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.